skeptical about custom beauty, honestly, y'all, I totally get it. My feed is flooded with customize this and personalize that, all promising, you know, to fix all of our beauty, hair, and skin problems. Truthfully, I was so skeptical when I saw this brand, but I'm a total believer now. When pros says custom, they actually mean it. Their products are no gimmicks, and your formula couldn't exist without you. Each and every bottle of Pro's custom hair care and skin care is made to order and personalized with unique blends of naturally powerful and proven effective ingredients to meet your needs. Their in-depth consultation analyzes over 80 factors for a complete view of your life and beauty goals. And they get personal. Pros covers everything from your concerns to diet, exercise, and stress levels to uncover what's impacting your hair and skin health. Did you know, for example, that Minneapolis has like weirdly hard water, which apparently was affecting my hair? So like some of the ingredients that they put into my hair care was to like deal with the fact that we have hard water. Wow. I love that. They also asked me things like, you know, because I have had a baby recently, like, am I still breastfeeding? What are my hair goals? And I also really appreciated they asked like, how much effort do you want to put into your hair? Yeah, <laughs> because like I'm at the point, you know, I used to let, yeah, I used to do those, you know, put effort into my appearance, but now it's like, I just want to be able to walk out of the door without feeling self-conscious. Um, I, this is truly such a genuine endorsement. So I've really enjoyed using these products. But don't just take our word for it. In a third-party, double-blind, dermatologist-supervised control clinical trial, this is like the gold standard of all of these trials, Pros proved that personalization works better than off-the-shelf alternatives. Try it for yourself and get your healthiest hair in 30 days or your money back. Pros is so confident that you'll love your results that they're offering our listeners an exclusive trial offer so you can see the difference custom care can make. 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash justbreakup. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash justbreakup for your free consultation and 50% off your one-of-a-kind formulas, pros.com slash justbreakup. What does filmed for IMAX mean? It isn't just a movie that'll look great on IMAX's screens. It means that hiding from a sandstorm feels like fear in every flicker. And every triumph is felt in every sound wave. And the things we've only imagined... You can truly experience those, too. That's what filmed for IMAX means. Get tickets to Experience Dune Part 2 now and IMAX's exclusive expanded aspect ratio. Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMolder. And I'm Sam Blackwell. This week, we're going to tackle topics like overthinking, social media stalking, and paving paradise to put up a parking lot. (laughs) Mm, That's great. But first, we just want to give you our Surgeon General's warning, which is that we are not in any way licensed to do this. No, we are not professionals. We are not trained in this. Please take our advice as you see fit. We're just two 30-something English majors Mm -hmm. not using our degrees. Uh, yes, please take, take our advice as you see fit. We're just here to offer our humble musings to hopefully shatter some understanding and maybe some laughs on the incredibly rewarding but mostly confusing thing that is love. Welcome to episode 49. 49. Just break up 49 times. Holy moly. <laughs> 
That's a crazy, that's a, that's a large number. It is a large number. I was thinking back to our teen episodes mm-hmm. this morning. Back God, when we were, we were so awkward young. and angsty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so our check-in topic today, I'm just going to get right into it because I think we're going to talk for a long time. Great. Is inspired by a message we got from an Instagram follower. Uh, the Instagram handle is Sandlay. Great. Sandlay. You just keep saying the same thing in yep. the same way. <laughs> yep. Sand L-A-I. And that person writes, you should do an episode where you rank the top 10 most unhealthy rom-coms that everyone is obsessed with, a.k.a. the ones that fuck us up. Uh-huh. And I said, oh, my God, such a good idea. So here we are. Here we are. Sa- Sam and I have collected five indi- individually, and we don't know what each other's lists are. Um, so we might... List 10, we might list less if we have said, if we say the same one. <laughs> right. I actually have more than five, so. Of course you do. You're very opinionated. <laughs> okay. Um, you want to start? So yeah. I, I say, say the movie, give a brief exclamation, and tell tell us why it fucked you up. Or, or fucked up your understanding of love, dating, sex, gender, etc. Okay. Go. Um, the first one is The Notebook, which is not actually a rom-com. <laughs> oh, it's totally a rom-com, except for it's more like a rom-drum. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, for Dramatic. sure. Dramatic. Yeah. yeah. Uh, or drama, as like they would say. A synopsis of the movie? Uh, I guess you don't have to. It's about two people who are, like, meant to be or something, and then <laughs> they fall in love, and then they, like, break up for a while, and then she gets married, and then he, like, comes back in her life and, like, buys her a house or something. Yeah. And then, yeah, there's, like, sadness at the end, for sure. Do you want me to ruin everyone's day? Yeah. I have never seen The Notebook. Oh, aren't you lucky? (laughs) Isn't that crazy, though? I mean, I don't know how you... It's, like, on TV all the time. Yeah. But it's not Forensic Files, so why would you watch it? (laughs) Bitch, you are my number one OG goat best friend. (laughs) Okay. And why does it fuck you up? Um, It didn't fuck me up. Right. But it, or, I think you it, know, like, yeah, it's culturally the cult, the uniform you, uh, we. Yes. Um, it's like that idea the that we. the person that makes you feel the most is mm. the person that you're supposed to be with. Yeah, bullshit. And he is just like not a great person and is like really non committal in so many different ways. But they kissed in the rain. Yeah, they kissed in the rain. And she like had a boyfriend or husband at that point. Scandal. I know. Uh, and then to get her to go out with him, he climbs up a uh, Ferris wheel and then threatens to drop unless she says yes. Oh. Yeah, which is not consent and no. it's just coercion. Yep. Yep. And then the end of the movie is like so sad, but it's like manipulative, manipulatively sad. Yeah, all great dramas are. <laughs> yeah, no, that one is just like, why did we have to do this? Yeah. It's dumb. Got it. Okay, cool. Yeah. Number two, I'm just going to start with the general one, say any Disney movie ever. <laughs> that was on my list. Uh-huh. Uh, just because I feel like we, we've talked about this in like sex episodes where we talk about sex yeah. and dating, like that you learn that stuff so young um, from Disney movies and like how Ariel's like, oh, I'm going to give up my entire family and my fucking voice. Uh-huh. To go to this guy that I've only seen once. One time. One time. And I'm just going to be like, bye family, bye culture, bye voice. Mm-hmm. Going to go get some legs. <laughs> yeah, and some ass. Also, Beauty and the Beast. Totally. Is about an abusive relationship. It's about Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> Seriously. And bestiality, if we're being real. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, they never actually <laughs> fuck when he's the beast. Yeah, but they fall in love, which is okay. And don't get me wrong, I'm not anti-Disney. I could probably, I mean, like, Sam and I could sing along to every, yeah. you know movie right now but um 
Ooh, you know what the one good romance story is? Probably Simba and Nala. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think there was really anything unhealthy there except for, you know, like a power dynamic. Yeah, and they're technically cousins, but that's fine. <laughs> they're lions. Uh, you gotta be kidding me. Um, so, but just the idea. Oh, like, also Cinderella, like, kind of weird, mm-hmm. right? That power dynamic going on there. For sure, Sleeping Beauty just falls asleep. And then he kisses her non-consensually. That's right. And I think we can make these jokes for like the rest of our life. But really it's about I grew up thinking my goal, my primary goal as a young girl wasn't uh-huh. to become president or to have a great career or even be a good person. My primary goal was to meet somebody who was willing to marry me. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that Wasn't fucked? it though? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was like... <sighs> That was the that was the greatest honor is to be a a mari- a mari- marriable person. Mm-hmm. Okay, go ahead. Number three. Uh, how to lose a guy in ten days? Yo, <laughs> that is such a fucked movie. It's I so almost put awful. that one on my list. I almost put that on. My, give a brief synopsis. Um, it is hard to s- summarize. Basically, what's her name? Kate Hudson. Yes. Kate Hudson is a writes a column in a in a magazine. An and, advice column. An advice column. We know nothing about that. And basically, she is she write, wants to write a column about how it's how you can lose a guy in ten days, like how you can get a guy to start dating you and then like do everything wrong so that he'll leave you. And then at the same time, Matthew McConaughey makes a bet with his buddies. Who, I'm not who, really and, sure. and McConaughey is like the archetype of toxic masculinity. Yeah, so it's sure. not just like a bad dating show it's it's like portrays the genders as like you know oh, four centimeters deep in character so development gendered. you know yeah. it's like all of the awful stereotypes about gender but he makes a bet that he can keep any girl for yeah. more than 10 days because they're like you never have a girlfriend and he's like i could date a girl for 10 days and so yeah. then they like are at odds and she keeps doing awful things like buying him plants <laughs> i love plants i know and he keeps, I mean, don't like, kill it, though, or else I will leave you. <laughs> he keeps being like... Call back! Yeah. <laughs> Last episode. Uh, but then at the end, they, like, Fallen, wind up like, falling in love with each other. Which is just, like, not real. And I'm pretty sure she ends up giving up her career to yes, be with yes. him. Yes, I read a synopsis when I was getting ready for it, and it's like, she's on a plane to D.C. for her dream job. And yeah. he runs to the airport and stops her, and she's like, JK, gonna give up my career, and work barefoot in the kitchen. And their whole relationship was based on a lie. <laughs> and it's been 10 days. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it's awful. Okay, number four. Uh, do you remember from the movie While You Were Sleeping? It's on my list. <laughs> I love that movie. I love that movie, too. I love that movie so much. I love that movie. Okay, Sandra Bullock. It's so funny in it. She I know. Is so funny. But let's talk about the foundation of the film. <laughs> okay. I love this movie so much. Sandra Bullock is in it. She see she has a crush on this guy. She's like a like she takes the money to get on the the subway or something. <laughs> yeah, a toll collector. <laughs> yes, that's it. Whatever that's called. And she sees this guy on the train all the time, and she just fantasizes that they're gonna be. You know, she just has a crush on him. Yeah. He falls. He goes into a coma. She saves him. Yeah. She calls nine one one, and she like goes to the hospital with him. Right. And. Then she, while he's in a coma, she accidentally tells his whole family that she's his girlfriend. Yeah. And he's in a coma for like what several months. What she does months. is she says to the nurse when she's like, when the doors close. Yeah. And he gets like, she goes, oh, that was the guy I was going to marry. And then the nurse is like, oh, you're the fiance. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And then everything starts escalating Oh, my God. <laughs> such a good movie. Anyway, and what's her co- co-star's name? Oh, uh, what is it? 
Uh, he's a cutie. He's in like every 90s rom-com. Yeah, he's not Kevin Bacon. He no. is... Bill Pullman. Yes. Yep. My aunt dated him in college. What? I know. <laughs> anyway, um, so he he's the guy's brother. Yep. Dude's in a coma for, I don't know, three to six months or whatever. However long. Yeah. Who knows? And the family takes her in and is like, oh my God, we had no idea that our son was engaged. Yep. Yada, yada, yada. She falls in love with the brother. It's weird. While it's happening. And then the dude wakes up from the coma and is like, I guess you're my fiance. Yeah. He's like, I must have had amnesia. <laughs> yeah. Totally. And then, you know, chaos ensues. Ultimately, you know, things happen. I won't spoil it, even though I've given away 98% of the plot. <laughs> I won't spoil the last Listen, four minutes. Listen, it's been out for like 30 years. I know, I, I know. Think I know. we can spoil it. But here's here's where it's toxic is the idea that a whole family and somebody that you fell in, like you, somebody that loved and trusted you who thinks you're dating his brother is going to forgive you after this sociopathic level of a lie. Yep. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Like forgiveness is real. But it just, I was like... Th- I think it instilled in me this idea that when I meet the right person, I'm going to A, know, B, it's going to uh, work out in a perfect way or yep. whatever. You know what I mean? Every It's the Shakespearean thing where everything wraps up in a, mm-hmm. a wedding or, yep. you know, like a happiness, like, or people couple off in a weird, weird way. Yep. And uh, it was just like, that's not real. However, favorite movie on this list. It's so good. I know. <laughs> Okay. Um, my next one is Greece. Oh my God, that mm-hmm. is a great one. We don't need to summarize it. It's fifty thousand years old. Uh, yeah, and it it's horrible. Totally it's a horrible. The only good thing about that movie is Doctor Channing. Oh, just kidding. <laughs> yeah. And there are worse things I could do. Is like the best song in the whole world. And yeah, Rizzo. God, I know, right? So sad. Yeah. But basically, the the. The moral of the story is that... Change uh, everything about yourself and put out. <laughs> yeah, and then the man will fall in love with you. Yeah, totally. It's, uh, leave no parts of yourself behind. <laughs> no, become a different person. That's exactly what your partner wants. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, summer loving. That's right. And, like, pregnancy. Oh, yeah. All like sorts weird of weird stuff. stuff. Yeah, drag racing. Peer pressure. Peer sex. Peer sexing. Yep. <laughs> like pressuring into sex, mm-hmm. which gender, is peer pressure, very, essentially. <laughs> very strict gender norms. Yeah, totally. Um, I do love beauty school dropout, though. Oh, that's good. Well, I mean, like, culturally, I love it. Will I show it to my children? <laughs> probably. <laughs> with a long talking to. Yes, beforehand. Being yeah. like, there's a number of reasons why this is problematic. Well, I also, I mean, I remember watching it as a little girl and being like, oh, cool. This is what it's like to be cool. Look sexy. Mm-hmm. Smoke. Be dumb. Be dumb. Oh, my God. You're so right. And he's going to literally drool while he follows you around like a puppy dog. That's right. Cool. It's All right. Great. Got it's it. Taking great... notes, folks. That's All right. right. My next one is Bridget Jones's Diary. Oh, I don't think I've ever seen it. That's fine. I'm not going to paraphrase it. <laughs> Except for to say that this woman it's is... It's based on Pride and Prejudice, right? Uh, like the story of it? Maybe. Okay. I don't really know. Um, maybe. Maybe not. 
Maybe Somebody not. on Instagram will tell yeah, us. Of course they will. Or Google will. <laughs> um, but so Bridget Jones is like this professional. She's having a weird affair with her boss. So it's promoting weird sexual dynamics at work, which are inappropriate. And also whenever she's, she hates herself for being quote unquote fat. And she, oh, I know. she's Renee Zellweger. Well, she gained a bunch of weight for the role. Oh, okay. If you, if you see her, she's like. Like several sizes bigger than she normally is, huh. but she also like just looks like a, a human. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and she's always like, "Um, oh, my bum is fit," because <laughs> she is British in the thing. And smokes a lot of cigarettes, right? Smokes a ton of cigarettes, and she's always like, "Oh, being single, it's just the worst thing ever. I'm just so worthless. I am the worthless." <laughs> Because you in the in the she, the whole book is written in her journal, and ah. she does she does like shorthand. So oh, she cute. always writes, "I am v v v v upset about this." <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, there's like a bunch of love lines. There's just a bunch of storylines in it that are questionable. You know, at least, like, don't get me wrong. A lot of these movies are fun to watch. Yeah, and Bridget Jones is a fun movie to watch. But when you think about it, she. Literally, all she does is talk about how being single is, like, the worst thing that could ever happen to her entire life. Mm -hmm. Um, And then uh, she pairs off with the right person after they treat each other terribly. You know, it's just all sorts of... Yeah. Anyway, continue. Um, Love Actually. Oh, yes. There's, like, 57 storylines in that movie. Technically eight. (laughs) all real problematic. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Full transparency, really enjoyed that movie. Oh, no, me too. I watch it every Christmas multiple oh, times. So like, beautiful. Don't but question it me. it does promote stalking your best friend's partner. <laughs> it does promote that, being mean to people that you have crushes on. Right. Right? Totally inappropriate. Um, how about proposing marriage to a person that you've never had a conversation with? Right. Totally. And um, what? Uh, what's his face? guy who plays Snape, R.I.P., such mm-hmm. a great actor. Mm-hmm. Alan Rickman. I know. His whole little thing. I know. Ugh. The best part of that movie, though. Is that woman. Is Emma, Emma? Thompson. Oh, God, so When good. she's, like, confronting him and she's like, you have made my life ridiculous. And it's like. <laughs> yeah. When totally. she's crying in the bedroom by herself listening to Joni Mitchell. <laughs> yeah. And let's talk about that scene, though, the stalker scene with Kira Knightley at the door. Mm-hmm. With her fucking cheekbones that are slicing through the galaxy. It's crazy. (laughs) So wayfish. And I think I would be like, why are you putting me in this position, cute romantic man? Uh Uh-huh. Dude from Walking Dead. It's uncomfortable. Go kill a zombie. Go take your unrequited love and like deal with it yourself. Process it in therapy. Right. Be good to your friend. Um, Yeah. I mean... Obviously, we both really enjoyed the movie. <laughs> yes, I mean, I do like. The, I cry during that scene when he holds the things. I know, so like, <laughs> I know it's more just like what it's training us to do. People <laughs> be susceptible to assholes and poor treatment. But uh, I will say, I like the the secretary storyline, even though that's again promoting a strange dynamic at work with the prime minister. Oh yeah, but everyone says that she has tree trunk thighs and a fat ass. Well, I think she's fine as hell. So. She is. She's beautiful. So pretty. And there's nothing wrong with having tree trunk thighs <laughs> yeah. and a fat ass. Okay, my next one is yet another Kate Hudson movie. No, no, it's not. It's not Kate Hudson. It's the okay. other blonde that's in all the rom-coms, 27 Dresses. Oh, Katherine Heigl. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, problematic thing is she's in 27, she has 27 bridesmaids dresses. Yes. They're all terrible. So maybe it's just terrible that it presents this weird idea of weddings Yeah, is something that you 
make unenjoyable for all your friends and family. <laughs> yes. And that being a bridesmaid just means that you have failed at becoming a yes, bride. <laughs> totally. Um, so that's ridiculous, number one. But 27 is wild. I don't have 27 friends. Like, I don't know how Catherine Heigl's character, like, had a job. Um, <laughs> but so so she befriends this reporter and they start, like, dating and getting close or whatever. And then he writes an expose on her, right. on the 27 dresses, behind her back. Yes. And betrayal. then she's like, oh, my God, I'm so hurt. And then they get married. <laughs> Friends, that is not having healthy boundaries and respecting yourself. It's really not. If somebody fucking published something about me in the New York Times, somebody that I trusted and loved, I would be like, thanks for the publicity. <laughs> Just break up. Listen, on yeah, I'll Apple dedicate Podcast, my book to you, Stitchers. but like, peace. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. And your last choice? Oh, my last choice. Okay. Um, I love this movie. Love, love, love it. Could recite it probably from I'm start so to finish. I'm so excited. You've got mail. <gasps> I knew you, I didn't choose that. <laughs> I didn't choose that movie because I knew you were going to say it. I had like a, sen- a sense. Sleepless in Seattle and You've Got Mail are probably like my two of my most favorite movies of all time. Literally, I was brainstorming this with somebody this morning and they suggested these those two movies. And I said, I think Sam's going to choose them. <laughs> and I didn't pick Sleepless in Seattle, even though it is problematic in many ways. Yes. But You've Got Mail, I feel, is more problematic because, because of capitalism. Yes. <laughs> Basically, the premise for people who don't know is that Meg Ryan owns a small bookstore and Tom Hanks is like a, a son owns, of a conglomerate, like Barnes, like Barnes and, Noble. and Noble. Yeah, yeah like big bookstore moves in basically like, oh, but they're they both have the secret pen pal that they're like writing letters back and forth to over the Internet, yes, which was, was like a like, big, yeah, yeah. <laughs> big thing. It was when the Internet became a thing and yeah. you would get the ring uh-huh. when you got mail. You've got mail. Yeah. Yeah. And they met like on a. AOL chat room. That's how they like started talking. Um, but basically, they're like writing. They don't know who each other is. Like it's completely like anonymous. But they're like falling in love. They both, by the way, are dating people mm-hmm. at the time. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. And then he basically puts her out of business as the big bookstore. And they hate each other in real life because like he put her out of business. But yeah, then and they he, know who they are. Yes, but then he finds out that she is his secret pen pal, and he spends the next like six months. First, being really mean to her about the pen pal. And then secondly, like trying to win her over through trickery and deceit. (laughs) It's like, and then at the end they get together Mm -hmm. and it's beautiful and lovely. And like, I cry every time, but it's very problematic because like catfishing, first of all, (laughs) like, no, like, like Nora Ephron invented catfishing. Totally. (laughs) And secondly. You say Nora Ephron? Yeah. She's the writer of that movie. Oh. And she also wrote Sleepless in Seattle and When Harry Met Sally. I was mashing those names up and I thought of um, Nora, what's the singer's name? Nora Jones? Yeah. And Zach Efron. Oh. <laughs> so I was like, I'm, uh, a musician is responsible for catfishing? Uh, no, she's an amazing writer. Got it. Um, has a number of very good books if you are interested in reading them. Uh, but yeah, like. That's gaslighting, uh-huh, basically. Uh-huh, like, their uh-huh, whole relationship uh-huh. is just him manipulating her into forgiving him so that they can, like, have their true love together. Yeah, totally. It's not it's great. Not movie, great, though. But it is so good and so charming. I love both of them, too. I know. <laughs> Fuck romance. <laughs> okay, the last one on my list, Pretty Woman. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because she's a sex worker. That's right. Which is fine. There's nothing with wrong with... With a heart of gold, though. Right. There's nothing wrong with sex work. Um... But there are just so many things going. So basically, rich man picks up a hooker, and then like b- buys her. 
Yeah, he makes like a he, bet with his friend that he can turn her into like a society lady. Yeah. And his best friend who's played by George Costanza and who like makes a really gross comment to her too. Totally. Because she's a prostitute. Right. And he like knows that and assumes that she for has no boundaries worker. or like respect yeah. because yeah, she's yeah, a sex yeah, worker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just for me, that movie, it's less about. Well, okay, surface level, you're like, oh, my God. So people are going to fall in love in, like, four days, especially because uh-huh. he gives her his credit card. And, you know, like, that there's that there is that type of immediate compatibility. You yep. know what I mean? Yep. Life-changing or whatever. But the underlying thing is, like, it, it, it it's a Disney painting of sex work. For sure, yep. And capitalism mm-hmm. and... Uh, men with power and money. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> like it doesn't, it's just not realistic at all. And um, it's a really bizarre thing and a bizarre power dynamic situation to make a romantic movie out of. Yes. Don't get me wrong. Sex workers can fall in love and sure. people who use sex workers can fall in love. And that's not what I'm saying here. But like if I feel like if you... If I explained the movie to you, with if you had no cultural context for what the movie was, you'd be like, uh, <laughs> uh, what? Is this a drama? You know? Yeah. And I'm like, no, no, no. It's a romantic comedy. He closes the jewelry case on her and she squeals and laughs That's with her right. beautiful mouth. She uh, sings Prince in the bathtub. Yeah. Julia Roberts, you beautiful woman. She's so beautiful. <sighs> Well, remember my mom told me I had a Julia Roberts smile when I was like 11. I was traumatized <laughs> because I was like, that can't be a good thing. She has a beautiful smile. She does. I get it now. But it, you don't want to hear that as like an 11-year-old with buck teeth. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's our 10 uh, rom-coms that are toxic. Yeah, there are so many more. So, so like, many hit us more. up with ones that you find especially problematic. Yeah, we'll post them on our Instagram. Yeah. Okay, let's get into our letters. Let's do it. All right, y'all know that Sam and I record every single episode of Just Break Up virtually. So I literally see this beautiful person on Zoom like multiple times a week. And every time Sam pops up into Zoom, I comment on their outfit. And I swear, like 99% of the time, I'm like, oh my God, that outfit is so cute. Where did you get it? Sam says quince. You too can upgrade your wardrobe with luxury essentials at unbeatable prices. Quince is here to transform the way you shop with a range of high quality items priced within reach. That's right. They have 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middle person and passes that saving on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Y'all have heard me talk about my leather bag that I use as both a laptop bag and a diaper bag. And I love it because (laughs) (laughs) honestly, it looks really cute in every single circumstance that I use it. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash just break up for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E.com slash just break up to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash just break up. 
All right, Head & Heart workers, you know I'm all about tackling our money shame and becoming fiscally empowered, regardless of how much money we make or how much debt we have. I think it's such a crucial step in our own self-acceptance and empowerment. That's why I love that today's episode is sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. With Rocket Money, you can see all of your subscriptions in one place. And if you see something you don't want, you can just cancel it with a tap. You never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled unwanted subscriptions. And listen, we always talk to you about like conflict styles and open and honest communications, but honestly, save your energy and get Rocket Money to cancel those subscriptions for you. <laughs> Stop wasting yeah. you money. You don't need to practice that. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need to do head and heart work with like customer service representatives. You know what I mean? Like just like... Use the middle person. (laughs) Just get Rocket Money in there to help you do what you need to do. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. That's rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. Rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. Our first letter is from Chaotic Hijinks. Oh, who is writing to us from the void. Hi, Sam and Sierra. I've thoroughly enjoyed your sense of humor and your take on the difficult topics for 43 episodes, and I'm so happy to know you both exist out there in the world. My question is, is it fair to want your partner to not want you to sleep with anyone else if you're in a committed, monogamous relationship. My boyfriend and I have been together for two amazing years. We've been, we have a lot in common. We're best friends. We've persevered through our challenges. And I think we have been very fortunate to find a good, true love in each other. While neither of us are polyamorous, he is okay with dating polyamorous people and has done so in the past. I'm all about letting people do whatever they want with their lives as long as they're not hurting others. And I fully support people's choice to be poly or monogamous or literally anything else. My boyfriend has told me that he is monogamous, but that he would be okay with me having sex with other people as long as I've told him beforehand. He said he wouldn't feel cheated on unless he was being ignored or neglected. Being monogamous myself, I told him I have no interest in doing so. I know I can't dictate what he wants or doesn't want, But I wish it would bother him if I slept with other people. To be clear, I would never have sex with someone else while I'm still in a relationship, but it just throws me off to know that he wouldn't be hurt if I did. I know that for me, it would break my heart if he told me he wanted to have sex with other people and or actually did so. And I've told him this, to which he responded, I didn't have to worry because about that because he doesn't want to have sex with anyone else. So neither of us are actually going to have sex with other people, but it seems like we have different boundaries for what we consider to be cheating. And it's the implication of his boundary that bothers me. For me, sex is very intimate and meaningful experience that we share together. That said, him being so okay with me having sex with other people communicates to me that the sex between us isn't special or doesn't mean very much to him. 
If it did, how could he be so nonchalant about the thought of me sharing that with another person with the same level of intimacy and emotional connection that we experienced together? I know that people place varying levels of importance on sex, but from everything I know about him, sex is an important part of a relationship for him, too. That's what's making all of this so confusing for me. This is not something that I that would cause a problem for me down the line, and it's definitely not something over which I would break up with him. I also haven't asked him to change himself or become bothered by it or anything. I'm just looking to get a little perspective, and I trust y'all will track me across the desert <laughs> if I'm being unreasonable <laughs> or ridiculously oversensitive. So here I am. Any words of wisdom you might have would be appreciated. Thank you so much for doing this podcast and continuing to empower us kindred souls in such healthy ways. It means the world. Love, C.H. Oh, thank you, C.H. <laughs> I love the end of that letter. Yeah, right. <laughs> Um, thanks for being so sweet. Thanks for writing. We love, uh, all of the sentiment in this. Um, we are going to drag you a little. Yeah, right. You are being a little oversensitive. (laughs) (laughs) I, um, we chose this letter because we thought it was a really interesting idea. And I think that at least I have been in a situation where, you know, Sam and I have talked privately about like our feelings about open relationships, Mm -hmm. um, and, and how they apply to our own personal um, relationships. Right. And um, we both have agreed that, like, we just couldn't do it. <laughs> yeah. And I would like to think that I could. Yeah, but yeah, I think yeah, in yeah, practice yeah, yeah. it would drive me bananas. Totally. Particularly <laughs> because I could be like, um, I mean, like, I could totally sleep with other people. But my partner, <laughs> never. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I also, CH, I want to say, like, before we drag you through this beautiful desert of self-love and learning. That's right. Um, I do want to be accountable to myself and say, I think I have been sensitive to things like this in the past where Mm -hmm. like an ex of mine would be like, um, I'm okay if you make out with other people. And I'm like, wait, what does that mean? (laughs) You know, do you not want to do it with me? Or like, are you making out with other, you know, like it sparks some sort of paranoia, especially if you can't get out of, out ahead of that overthinking, Mm -hmm. that train can just go and go and go and go and go until it hits a brick wall, which is the podcast. Yeah. (laughs) No. And I think like. It's perfectly normal in relationships to want your partner to have a different reaction than the reaction that they're having to you. (laughs) 100%. And it's like, I don't want you to do the dishes when I ask you to do the dishes. I want you to want to do the dishes before I ask you to do them. I will never. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Okay. So, well, let's get into this uh, conversation at hand, this topic at hand. Yeah. I also thought this letter was really interesting, uh, CH, because you... You almost answer your own question repeatedly throughout this letter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're so, I can tell you're very thoughtful and have put thought into this of like, why am I thinking this way? I understand that, um, you know, for me, sex is very intimate and for him, it appears to be very intimate. Mm-hmm. Um, and you say that you understand that people place varying levels of importance on sex, yada, yada, yada. So you've, you've done like 70% of the mental work already. Mm-hmm. You have to reinforce that work and then get to the finish line. And the finish line is ultimately the idea that twofold, one, we can't control what other people think and feel, Yep. number one. And number two, even if you have similar um, ideologies or morals or, or preferences as someone else, we as human beings are so incredibly diverse 
mentally. Like our synapses are different galaxies from each other. Mm -hmm. And like, for example, Sam and I could have the favorite color, you know, like the same favorite color. His favorite color could be blue and my favorite color could be blue, but we still like different colors. We still have a different association with that color, a different um, relationship, a different trigger, all of those things. So Sam and I can be so similar and we still are so hardwired to be wildly different. Mm -hmm. And so this is all to say, you and your boyfriend might have very similar mor- morals, similar personalities, similar similar relationship goals, but just because you are both monogamous and and enjoy sex to be something intimate and meaningful doesn't yep. mean he can't have a um, he can't hold it differently than you do. That doesn't yep. mean your sex isn't meaningful right. or intimate. Yep. It just he it's like if you have a crystal and you turn that crystal, you see it from a totally different angle. You mm-hmm. shine the light through it and it's a totally different um, uh, light coming through. Right. So turn the crystal one more time and it's different, but it's still the same rock. Absolutely. And it's you can have sex that is intimate and meaningful and also recognize that there might other be other types of sex that are not intimate and meaningful, yeah. right? And like just because he can imagine a world where you would have sex with someone and it wouldn't be that magical intimate sex that you share with him yeah. doesn't mean that the magical intimate sex that you share with him isn't meaningful, yeah, right? Totally. Like he I'm sure he's not like I want you to go and have like a very strong <laughs> emotional connection yeah, yeah, with yeah. this person. I want you person. to fall in love with someone, <laughs> right. date them for 9 months, finally have sex with them and then come back to me and tell me how it was. Right, exactly. I think Sexy. he's thinking like no, if you had sex with someone, I assume that it wouldn't be as meaningful as our sex, and that's why I'm okay with it. Yes. Right? And so I don't want you to think I, sex and intimacy go hand in hand, but sex and intimacy are not the same thing. Correct. And so he is probably able to practice both at the same time when he's with you and also able to separate them with other people. Not right. that he's having sex with other people, but like <laughs> in other instances. Yeah, he could just say like, okay, this is a almost a form of self pleasure or masturbation right? right yeah and and the other side of it is um or you know lovemaking or intimacy building or just raunchy awesome relationship sex yeah yep. <laughs> um uh yeah i just think that oh another reason why i really liked this letter is that i think we our brains find so many ways to hurt ourselves <laughs> I mean, like our brains will be like, Uh oh, you're in a happy, committed, monogamous relationship. Let me spark some little paranoia tinder in the corner of your brain to to create this flame, you know. That's how we survived as humans, right? Like anxiety is what caused us to survive because we were able to like identify danger and like take actions to prevent it, right? So like our brains are hardwired for us to see patterns and to see danger in those patterns totally and so like you just have to know that that is that is what our brains do to us yeah and so ch um uh we love you we love this letter uh we love your crazy little overworking brain (laughs) (laughs) um but really i would say my biggest piece of advice other than you know, reflecting on how you can share the same beliefs as someone and still those beliefs can be carried totally differently or look totally different yeah um Sam and I have such similar uh, morals and and personalities and ideals, and we're still such different people. Right. We process the world in, in such a different way. Um, and in this situation, you and your partner are so perfectly aligned, except for this one thing that could be a problem. The idea of it is the yeah, problem, it's, right? It's, it's not actually a problem. <laughs> yeah, yet. yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, my advice to you, CH, is to just, um, you know, 
take stock of what you have in your relationship, take stock of what is going on and what isn't going on, Mm -hmm. and recognize that this is just, you are allowed to have different ideas and that, and those different ideas doesn't mean, doesn't take away the intimacy of you, right? Like it, just because he sees the crystal through this light doesn't mean you don't share the light on the other side of the rock, right? Um, I think we, we want to always be prepared for everything we want to be perfectly aligned and the truth is we just never will be and there's like a there's like a gentle surrender in that and Mm -hmm. um try to stay present try to stay positive um and and don't discredit the love that your partner is giving you already absolutely and i think you know we can't control our partner's reactions to things like, unfortunately, even though it would be really great to be able to do that. Oh, my God. So great. And part of being in a relationship is understanding, like, that you can't always control what the other person says or, or does or thinks. And so be honest with yourself and, and be true to yourself and know that you, like, the association of sex with intimacy and meaningfulness is great. But you can't impose that on your partner. Like, totally. you can't make him change his mind. You can't make him change how he reacts. You can't make him want you to not have sex with other people. Oh my God, I just had a revelation. Yeah. Okay, so in a past, I'm going to be vulnerable and call myself out. <laughs> okay, great. hundred <laughs> percento. So that's still the thing we're saying? Yeah, 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 okay. yeah, 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 yeah. Me, every episode. Um, okay, so in a past relationship. Yeah. Um, and CH, I'm sharing this for your benefit and not for my own glory because it's very embarrassing. But in a past relationship, uh-huh. I was with somebody who was one of those people who just like loves to give back rubs and be naked with his friends. Yeah, one of those people. I know them so well. <laughs> theater majors is what I'm saying. <laughs> just kidding, theater majors. We love you. We are you. Um, we're your, your, we are your cousins yeah. as English majors. I spent so much time with theater majors ah, in college. All the time. So I was such a techie. Okay, so um, uh, he was just the type of person who was a little bit more fluid with his sexuality, uh-huh. like would have casual sex with his friends would i would like call him and he'd be like oh we're we're all skinny dipping in the in the pool and i'm like i'm sorry who who's there can you <laughs> I give- grow up in a naked house <laughs> yeah yeah i like because i suddenly became like a fucking hester prin like yeah. so prude <laughs> like um i all of a sudden like the, the my morals went out the window because my insecurities were triggered mm-hmm. and it's not like in those instances he was like having sex with these people or it's not that he thought how about this like i think i was triggered in that relationship because he he had sex so casually mm-hmm. it made me feel like the sex we were having wasn't as special yeah Right. Even though um, we're not talking about instances of infidelity, Mm -hmm. we're talking about the essence of the person and how his essence made me feel more uptight about our sex and his and his relationship to intimacy. Because he was more um, uh, what's a pro sex way to say slutty. (laughs) He was more slutty. Like you can if we're if we're uh taking the negative context out of it. That's right. Uh, promiscuous. Mm-hmm. He was more promiscuous than I was. But for some reason, it triggered me to be much more hyper insecure. Yeah. Because I think I was always afraid of him cheating on me. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert, he did twice. <laughs> um, <laughs> but why I'm sharing this CH is that I just remembered sitting here reflecting with Sam and, and answering your letter. I just remembered moments where I, too, was like, wait, I don't like when you do X, Y, and Z because it makes me feel like our X, Y, and Z is less special. Yep. And I think that's something a, 
a little bit more universal, just that idea of like, what if if you do this with somebody, then what about this with us? Mm -hmm. Or if you think this woman is beautiful, then how could you possibly think I'm beautiful? Mm -hmm. You know, it's this constant act of self-violence, this comparison. And I think what our anxiety does is our anxiety makes us think that we live in a very one-dimensional world, really, where people can't experience more than thing more than one ex- emotion at once or yeah. who who can't why i share this ch is to say just because you your boyfriend could be okay with you having sex with someone else doesn't mean you're not special your connection is a good true love that's yeah. what you need to hear right now yeah. you have a good true love and just because x y and z could happen um doesn't mean that your love isn't less special or worthy or joyful like yeah that's right so you're overthinking <laughs> <laughs> enjoy the desert <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> all right we love you thank you for writing thank you all right our next letter comes from sierra who is writing from southern ontario canada i wrote you i want your advice <laughs> Just kidding. Great name. Yeah, no, we just do that on the Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Subscribe to the Patreon to hear me get a 40-minute therapy session from Sam. <laughs> hey, Sam and fellow Sierra. Oh, yeah. I was in a serious relationship during university from when I was 21 to 23, and I thought he and I were a great team and great for each other. We were able to communicate our problems and to better each other in terms of our relationship, but he had emotionally abusive parents that he refused to stand up to and get help with. Once his parents started treating me badly, I left. He later told me that he never actually wanted a relationship for the entire three years we dated. I have accepted this and that he was lying to himself, and I no longer see him as the great match for me that I once thought of him as. Yes, you do. However, the first summer of our relationship, we did long distance, and he went through a bout of depression brought on by not knowing who or what he wanted in life, but he didn't know that at the time. Almost every night of that summer, he was hanging out with his, quote, best friend, a girl he grew up next door to who was confident, who has a confident personality, a great upbringing, and is, of course, a model. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. Oh, Sierra. (laughs) I thought I had a handle on my insecurities before I met him, but repeatedly knowing they were together when I couldn't be there, while at the same time feeling like it was completely wrong of me to feel any sort of jealous or insecurity, sent me over the edge. I've taken medication and gone to tons of therapy in order to deal with my anxiety and this insecurity revolving around her because I wanted the relationship to work out. I did talk to him openly about it, and I thought I had gotten over it because we were able to hang out with her. But I still find myself constantly thinking about her, comparing myself to her, Mm. and even though I have her blocked, unblocking to creep what she is up to lately. Mm. I know it's not just a habit left over from when I was in the relationship. I don't feel anything towards him anymore. I don't... you. I don't usually feel hate or jealousy towards her now, just a constant compulsion to know about her. I don't expect you guys to know exactly how to fix this. I know it's complicated, and yes, I've tried talking to therapists about it. I was just mostly wondering if you've heard of a situation like this or if you can relate to it to it in any way. Is residual obsessiveness years after a relationship has ended and emotions are gone a thing? Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> I think specifically in social media. Oh, for sure. Okay. Well, we talk about this all the time. Yeah. So we're going to talk uh, a little bit about habitual. So first of all, Sierra, you have a great name. Great spelling. Best name. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And um, 
I think well, first we're going to affirm all of this. This is absolutely a thing. Yeah, it's not. It's not abnormal in any way. The thing that's abnormal is our society's obsession with Instagram. It is. It is abnormal. It's um, back on my phone. Don't worry. Yeah. Thank God. Um, but uh, I think Sam and I talk all the time about how bizarre it is that we have access access to so many people from our past yep. at all times. Sam, go on a rant about that. <laughs> you you always talk about like how we didn't have this. We didn't years. have this. No. Until like whenever Instagram started. <laughs> yeah. But like... This ability to constantly be in contact and see what people who are no longer part of our lives are doing all the time. Mm -hmm, And like back mm -hmm. in the day, like you didn't have that. You had to like call them on the phone or like run into them on the street or like hear from your friend that this person was doing this. But now we have at our fingertips at any time the ability to see who the people that cause us the most pain, what they are up to, and how they <laughs> who are they are fucking right, and how they are getting along just fine without us. Yes, because also we post all of the celebrations and none of the struggles. None. And or you post like a like a shirtless pic and you're like super uh, ripped and it's like I've gained five pounds and mm. I just like feeling really vulnerable and I just want to let you know that it's okay to put on weight yeah I really like the ones that are like gorgeous you know they're like like looking perfect like a model and they're like just ate a donut and I was like you you just looked at a donut don't fucking lie to me <laughs> I mean my Facebook is, I mean my Instagram is very curated but <laughs> it is for sure yeah I'm a professional <clears throat> that's right model just kidding <laughs> I'm a model citizen. Mm, you like no. that? There was a wordplay. I don't know if that's true. It's not. I smoke weed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so moving on. <laughs> I love that when I first started, when we first started this podcast a billion years ago. Yeah, so I was, long ago. I know. I was like, uh, I was a little anxious because of my poetry career um, and having like a platform of re readers already. Yep. I'm like, you know, they they got this really like neat, poetic, beautiful <laughs> version of my life in these pages uh -huh. of poems. Yep. And then they're going to like turn on the podcast and I'm, and I'm going to be like, well, I masturbated and smoked weed last night. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. This is reality, folks. It is. True life. I started a podcast with my best friend. <laughs> what would your true life episode be? Oh, I don't even know. What do you think mine would be? True life. I pay $65 for my haircut. I do not pay $65 for my haircut. It's, Thank you very much. How much is it? It's $35. Okay, that's fine. I'm sorry. It's a reasonable amount. We have friends who I will not name on this podcast who pay $65 I know for a haircut. Are. It's insane. That's too much money. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm moving on. <laughs> Sierra. But thanks for complimenting my haircut. Uh, it's. Did you get one? Yes. Okay. Yesterday. Oh, my God. Everyone on this podcast knows I talk about your hair a ton. It looks beautiful. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, okay. So, uh, Sierra, we are going to stop talking about ourselves. <laughs> um, and so, yes, absolutely. We have access to things that we never had a billion years ago. Yep. <laughs> well, literally. Uh, uh, In the recent past even in your lifetime yep. sierra in your lifetime you did not have access to the people that you have access to right now yep. like your parents never had access to the people they dated in high school the way we have now for sure and particularly we never had access to our boyfriend's new girlfriend our boyfriend's best friend who's a model yep. um etc like we we don't this is not 
a normal thing. Yep. While this is a very common occurrence, this is an abnormal thing to have access to. Yep. And I want to say this. I'm going to drag you through the desert a little bit, the desert of self-love and self-reflection. <laughs> I'm going to drag you through the desert a little bit and just say, because maybe what you need is a push, right? And here's my push. Is this what you want to spend your time on. Mm-hmm. And I know that like guilt is not the best tool when it yep. comes to self-work, right? Or, you know, like self-reflection. Sure. A therapist is never going to guilt you into something. Yep. But I do want to push you a little and say and challenge you to keep, to keep a log of the time you spend looking at our Instagram. Mm-hmm. Write it down in a journal. Mm-hmm. Write it down in a journal because then you can, then you have a physical, tangible receipt of how many times a week you intentionally hurt yourself and put energy towards someone who doesn't know you exist. Mm -hmm. And it's, I mean, like, fuck this person. I don't know anything about this person other than the fact that they are conventionally beautiful. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And charismatic. Yes. Uh, But, but in addition to that journal, I want you to start truly reflecting about the idea that your life is made up of the things that you choose to put your time and energy into. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure your therapists have told you this. I'm sure you've told yourself this, but there needs to be a push. There needs any addiction needs an active choice to push out of that behavior. So can you focus on, instead of focusing on how to break that old habit, can you add a new habit, Mm -hmm. right? Where you only look at Instagram from certain hours or you fill your Instagram with motivational quotes or you delete your Instagram for a month and see how good you feel after not checking in on this person. Yeah. Oh, also next to your journal of taking notes of how many times you look at that person a week, write next, make like a log and write the feelings that it makes you feel. Mm Mm-hmm. And it makes you feel bad, write bad. If it makes you feel jealous, write jealous. If she, and like you said, if, if you feel nothing, write down nothing. I feel nothing. Yeah. I feel nothing. I felt nothing the four times I looked at her Instagram last week. Yep. And then I want you to stop, think about the time you spent because, okay, we log into Instagram we, or we pull up our phone. We're fucking around on it for 20 minutes. And all of a sudden, you've spent an hour and 40 minutes feeling nothing looking at this girl's Instagram. Mm-hmm. And that's an hour and 40 minutes you could do doing literally anything else. Yeah. Um, I'm giving you this hard desert drag because I want to give you the the motivation to, to break this habit. It's a habit. That's yep. what it is. It's a, it's a terrible, addictive habit. It is. We love to hurt ourselves that way. <laughs> that's right. And let's come at it from a recovery standpoint. Right. Like, what could your life look like if you weren't doing this? Like, instead of saying, I'm going to give up looking at this girl's Instagram, like, what are you choosing instead of mm-hmm, that? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's not, it's not, oh, I'm giving this up. It is, I am giving myself the peace of not having to feel like this. Absolutely. I am giving myself the, the opportunity to look at things on Instagram that bring me joy. Right, dogs. Yes, of course. <laughs> Follow like all of the, the animal Instagrams that you want. Yeah. That's great. Or I am giving up Instagram altogether. As a cleanse. Yes. But what am I getting instead? I'm getting less time on my phone. I'm getting more. Less headaches. Right? I'm getting more time actually like paying attention to what's going on around me. Mm-hmm. My neck's not going to hurt as much because I'm not spending <laughs> so much time looking down at my phone. Don't drag me. <laughs> Uh, um, it's called tech neck and it's a real thing. Tech neck. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Sierra, this, 
Let's go back to your original question and also, yet again, have a moment of transparency and embarrassment for Sierra, yeah. the host one. Oh, I follow people on Instagram that I should not follow. So I like, see I'm you <laughs> sometimes. I'll like look at a random celebrity. I'm like, why does Sam follow <laughs> The Rock? Just kidding. I love The Rock. But... I don't follow The Rock. Okay. That was an example. Yeah. It was a bad one, though. <laughs> okay. Confess us one. Confess us an example. Confess to us, the people, an example of someone you stalk on Instagram. Either famous or a personal... He's, ch- he's not famous. I'm not going to tell you who he is. Tell me. But he's like a friend of a friend. And I like I find him so insipidly pretty. <laughs> insipidly? God damn it. And like, and like I, I, when I look at him, I feel nothing but like anger. But there's something about it that I just like keep coming back to. Like I, I look at every one of his stories. Yes. Perfect example. <laughs> Tell me, Sam, what does this bring to your life? Nothing. It brings me anxiousness. That's Anxious. why I deleted Instagram from my phone. Yeah. And yeah. now I'm back on it. But there's a limit on it, so I can only spend 15 minutes a day. Smart. Yeah. Um, Which also, maybe that's a thing you could do, too. Put a limiter. Put a limit on your Instagram. 15 minutes a day. That's what I do. Yep. Um, so me, I for sure have looked at exit my significant other's exes. Pretty ritualistically. Mm-hmm. Why? Why do I care about this person? I think it's like an insecure. Again, it's like um, it reveals like I, I read this great quote online. It says, every time I judge someone, I reveal an unhealed part of myself. Mm, <laughs> that's real. Like, I know. I was like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> fuck. <laughs> um, Our whole podcast is about judging I people. Know. No, it's not. <laughs> It's about freeing ourselves from judgment and That's being accountable right. when we judge people. That's right. We're just we're creating it's revealing, community. It's talking about the heels that are reve- the the wounds that are he- revealed when you are the heels that you're. Re- I'm losing it. <laughs> you, you really <laughs> I'm are. glitching. Um, okay, it's so kind of warm in here. Yeah, um, I just took my socks off. <laughs> it was very erotic. <laughs> I just took my socks off. Episode title oh, not perfect. really Spencer. Um, <laughs> not a good title. Okay, okay, focusing. Oh my god, we're so all over the place. Sierra, uh, I too have looked at my exes. Um, or my significant other's exes. Um, but really what I needed to... Oh, I've also looked at people that I was crushing on their people. You know, like, mm-hmm. why yep. am I doing this? I think we're going... Like I was saying about insecurities, I think I'm looking for proof of how they're better than me, yep, worse than me, mm-hmm. or still in love with my person, or how my person's still in love with them. Yeah. Like I'm looking for pain yep. or I'm looking for validation about everything that my insecurities are telling me about myself. Yep. And isn't that a fucking sham that I betray myself so fucking easily? Yeah. And such and for what? For nothing. To look at somebody's Instagram and be like, oh, this this makes me feel nothing. Why am I doing that instead of putting that energy and love towards myself? Mm-hmm. It's the brain is a bonkers place. It really is. It's yeah. like we're trying to convince ourselves of, like, the worst things that we think about ourselves. Oh, my God. Which is like, why are we doing that? I do that. The internet is for that. The internet <laughs> is a place where you go to feel horrible about yourself. <laughs> True. Go in nature. Nature doesn't give a shit about you. <laughs> Nature's like, you fine, girl. <laughs> like, nature is never going to make me feel bad about myself. It's true. But the internet Except it will make like... me feel a little insignificant, but in, like, a good way. Yeah. The internet does have, like, fun fail videos, though. Oh, totally. And dog videos. Yes. Okay, Sierra, I hope you at least feel some camaraderie that we're all, you know, we are all long pause. Sorry. <laughs> I was trying to think of a word. Uh-huh. I'm really trying not to use the word crazy. Um, mm-hmm. 
That's good. I know. And so I was just going to say we're all a little crazy. Um, so I meant it in like a communal way, but mm-hmm. trying to replace that in my vocabulary. We are all a little prone to self-sabotage. Yeah. Um, and, and self-sabotage can show up in such passive little ways. Mm-hmm. So the self-sabotage can sh- show up in a, in a huge way in which you like cheat on a partner that you actually love because you don't have to process your emotions. Yep. But it can also show up in really tiny ways of like, I'm going to waste hours of my life looking at someone who doesn't know I exist, who doesn't care I exist, who, who gives my life nothing except for to feed a tiny little insecurity monster in me. Yep. That's self-sabotage right yep. there. And guess what, Sierra? Your name is awesome. You're awesome. You deserve better than that. Let go of everything in this relationship. Maybe that's it, too. Like, yeah. you, you've gotten over your boyfriend, but now you got to get over the girl. Yep, for sure. Great. Yeah. Thanks it, for writing. We, with, uh, uh, <laughs> we love you, Sierra. Thank you for writing. That's great. We're both glitching today. <laughs> Okay, last letter is from Lindsay Ryland, who is writing to us from Calgary, Alberta, Canada. So many Canadians. Yes. Okay. Hi, guys. Recently, I found your podcast, and I'm just so grateful for your insight and hilarious banter. I have never heard such affirming language, and I really admire how you guys provide feedback and support. As a future social worker, this podcast has really made me reflect on what type of language I currently use with people and the kind of language I want to use. Mm. Oh, Okay, my dating qualm. I saw, I'll start off by telling a little about myself. I'm a 25-year-old who had just graduated from my second degree in social work. I still live at home with my parents, and I'm looking to do some traveling before I enter a career in my field of study. I'm very goal-oriented and independent. I'm so excited for this year. I truly believe it will be a time of welcome change and growth. Okay, so the guy that has my mind all sorts of confused is my ex, Ethan. Now, the term ex usually has a bad connotation, but this ex is different. We started dating when I was 19, and he was 20 and broke up when I was 22 and he was 26. The relationship we had was wonderful. I felt safe, supportive, and loved, and the sex was amazing. What went wrong, you ask? Well, I just sort of fell out of love with him. One day, it just hit me like a ton of bricks. I was done. Hashtag real Scorpio shit. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I loved him but was no longer in love with him. It hurt because he was my best friend and I was his. Something that was a catalyst for the breakup was Ethan's lack of a social life and social engagement. At 19 to 22, I wanted to go out with my friends and drink. Ethan never seemed comfortable with these situations and wanted to be never wanted to be social to the degree that I was. When we broke up, I know it was very hard on him. We talked about the future in detail, the house, the dog, etc. Right after the breakup, I booked a spontaneous trip to San Francisco by myself. I just craved some spontaneity and some distance or distraction from the loss I just endured. Over the past three years, we have talked here and there. I started dating a guy that I would date on and off for the next two years, three months after me and Ethan broke up. The new guy, Dan, was a bartender and thrived in social situations. Dan was a rebound. I can see that now. My first attraction to him was that he was nothing like Ethan. Ethan was stable, mature, responsible. Dan was not. My relationship with Dan had more emotional depth than with Ethan, but for the most part, that often led to some toxicity. Dan had a lot of past trauma and issues which he never resolved. Dan put me on a pedestal as the healer of all his past traumas and it proved to be unhealthy in the end. The relationship with Dan had me grow a lot and helped me conceptualize what I want in a relationship. I'm six months out of that relationship and I realized how depressed I was by the end. Two months after the breakup, I realized that just getting out of bed was a lot easier and my perspective on life was much more positive. But for the last year... 
Ethan, my first ex, has been creeping up in my mind, either sexually or looking back fondly on how stable and secure and loved I felt in that relationship. Recently, I served his family at the restaurant I worked at. Serving them was not awkward whatsoever because we ended the relationship respectfully and have always maintained a level of respect for each of each other. But serving his family only catapulted these thoughts into actions. After my shift, I texted Ethan and he asked if I wanted to grab coffee. We went for a walk and talked for four hours at Starbucks. He invited me to a meditation group that he had heard of later that week. We went to a local brewery again and just talked. At this point, I was definitely uh, getting some curiosity pertaining to potentially dating my ex again. The next time we hung out was at his place. By the end of the night, we were making out and cuddling. We did not have sex, mostly because I knew that... Us having sex was not going to be a hollow act of passion. It would have consequences. I have so much respect for him and the relationship we had, the maturity of our breakup, and the continued mutual respect we have for each other to just dive into that, uh, something like that blindly. When we were making out, it was like an outer body experience. I couldn't believe it was happening, and my mind was racing a mile a minute. Now, here's my question. I know it would be easy to get back into a relationship with Ethan, Is this a problematic statement? Quote, I love the way he makes me feel. Meaning, am I just rebounding from my rebound? Am I settling? Am I just craving guaranteed stability and love? Though I have dated a lot in my day, especially in the last six months, I am afraid that pursuing my ex might be me just throwing in the towel like there's nothing better out there for me. We've both changed and grown a lot since our relationship, but what if my brain or heart is just tricking me into thinking that a relationship with Ethan would work and be fulfilling instead of going out and seeking what else is out there? Sincerely, Lynn. Thanks for writing, Lynn. Thank you for writing. Okay, so this is basically a story of paved parking lot. Do you want to sing that song? <laughs> I don't want to sing it now. Okay. Um, well, this is the story is I think a very. Com- bop, bop, bop. <laughs> bop, bop. Um, I think this is a story, um, Lindy, um, that a lot of people will relate to the idea of looking back, second guessing, or your original choice, and more importantly. Um, Questioning a return to someone after uh, an original relationship, I guess. Yeah, I mean, don't it always seem to go that you don't know what you got till it's gone? Yeah, they did pave that parking lot. (laughs) Okay, anyway. (laughs) We get three more references to that song before this episode is over. Um, Okay, so... uh, I have for sure been in this situation. Have you been in this situation? Or do you... Are you a no-looks-backsy? I've never, like actively tried to get back with someone that I have dated. But have you fantasized about it? Like, not sexually, but just, like, mentally. Have you thought, like, oh, I mean, and not right now. (laughs) You are married to Peter. No, I mean, I have missed people before, but I have never been like, oh, if only we would get back together. Or have you wondered about what it would be like? No. Yeah. Because I'm like, that person, that person that I dated is gone. Yeah. Like, that that person in the time that they were is no longer there. Yeah. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Like if totally I went makes. back to that person, they would be a different person. It would be a different circumstance. It would be a different like time in our lives. And, and what I'm and nostalgic for is the feeling that I had with that person when I was at that age in that moment mm, with them. I, I love your answer because I think it highlights some things in Lynn's letter, which is Lynn, are you feeling nostalgia uh-huh. or are you feeling like dating butterflies? Right. And do you want old Ethan or do you want what new Ethan can provide you? Mm -hmm. Right. Because 
the number one piece of advice for me is, sure, I don't think that you're necessarily regressing or going to comfort or like, I, I, I'm not totally sure or I'm not convinced your motives are against you right now. Yeah. Like you might just be like, wow, I really like this person. Mm-hmm. Let's see where it goes. But I do, my number one piece of advice is it has to be different. Mm-hmm. If you want things to be different, you have to be different. Things have to be different. So you have to go into it understanding and also enacting new boundaries that will make it a different relationship. Yeah. Because it is really easy to fall back into um, comfortable behavior. That's right. And I would say, remember that you did fall out of love with this person. Um, And I know that when we say it like that, it is passive. And Mm -hmm. so it is like, oh, I don't know why. Just suddenly I fell out of love. But my guess is is that there are a number of things that that were making you unhappy that caused Mm -hmm. you to fall out of love with, Mm -hmm. with Ethan. And so I would say before you move forward with any relationship, you're going to have to come to terms with what actually broke you up. Because my guess is it wasn't just a flip of a switch, mm-hmm. but that it was like maybe you... small things that led to suddenly just like, wait, this isn't working for me anymore. Maybe it was big things that you just haven't been thinking about because you have been in such a like rose colored glasses, paved paradise <laughs> mindset. <laughs> Um, yeah, I totally that, like, agree. That you aren't able to see the things that were not great about Ethan that that caused you to break up with him. Yeah. Um, I do wonder because you're like, this relationship was perfect. I just like <laughs> decided immediately to leave him. I, I wonder, <laughs> um, just teasing, but I wonder, um, can you say to him why you can, – can you two as – more mature adults now have a very transparent, very accountable conversations about what made you break up in the first place. Like, does he know? Right. And if you don't do that, then this relationship's not going to work to be totally honest with you. Cause the things that broke you up in the first place are going to, if you don't talk about them and address them now, they are going to come back up because they, (laughs) that's just how relationships work. Things that go unaddressed then go unaddressed. Right. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I, I'm not against this either. Like, I do think people can grow and change. Um, but I, I want to talk, I want to pull away from her relationship for a moment and just talk about the idea of being attracted to stability or comfort. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a really universal thing. And, and it's a universal desire that often we second guess. Yep. Like, we second, like, oh, am I returning to this because I want comfort? Right. The grid, The worst thing in the whole world is settling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When... We read hundreds of letters every month. It's like, um, I'm settling for someone who's fucking awful to me. Like, should are we meant to be together forever or should we stay together for the next six years? <laughs> just kidding, everyone. I love you so much. I have had so many bad relationships. Just Yeah, no, me too. Like, we are not, we are not one to cast stones. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's funny to see my life retold back to me in these letters. Oh, for sure. And, and then... Like, compare the drama and intensity and toxicity that I've had in so many of my relationships to the idea of, quote-unquote, settling right. for somebody who is makes you happy and stable and feels safe to feel loved. Right. Like, what the fuck? And it's... I I, I want a bad boy. You know boy. what taught us? That- <laughs> I, want, I want my girlfriend to ride a motorcycle with no helmet. Uh, you know what taught us that settling is bad? Rom-coms. Romantic comedies. <laughs> And I'm not I'm not saying like settle for 
abusive behavior and settle for people who make you unhappy. Like, that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is sometimes love doesn't feel like constant butterflies in your stomach. Mm -hmm. Sometimes love feels like comfort, stability, safety, trust, like Mm -hmm. all things that are settling. And spoiler (laughs) alert, that's what healthy passion grows into. Toxic passion stays stays intense that stays the peaks and valleys right. forever yep. it's like oh my god everything's awful oh my god finally today i did something right and they love me right right that's toxic passion yep. positive passion or 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 an instant connection that people write about all the time yep. that turns into stability that mm-hmm. turns into consistency love yep. comfort things like that and i think that there's nothing wrong with being motivated by stability and comfort Right. Like, I don't think that that is a bad thing. And I don't think that making choices to love someone because they help offer you stability and comfort is a mm-hmm. bad thing. And I, I want you to get that second guessing out of your head because I think it's it is totally great to want to be with someone who takes care of you, who treats you nicely and who maybe isn't like. Prince Charming or whatever we were taught that we needed to love, (laughs) but is like someone who is going to be there for you and with you through the ups and downs of life, like who is actively going to choose to be with you, to work with you, to love you in whatever way that they can. Yes, absolutely. I totally agree. And the last bit of advice we want to give you is can go to anyone ever who wants to enact anything. <laughs> oh, I love this. Broad is, advice. <laughs> this is this might sound really cliché, but what's your action plan, Lindsay? What's mm. your what is your action plan to make this relationship different? Mm-hmm. What are the boundaries? What are the choices? What are the conversations you're at? What's the what's your step 1 through 5 that you're going to do to to approach this relationship? or potential re-relationship yep. in a safe, mature, new way, yep. right? So I would, okay, like step one, have a conversation with this person to see if he's interested in it and you have to talk about the last relationship. Mm, yeah. You have mm-hmm. to talk about how you changed Yep. and what's different. Like what Absolutely. are your different goals, you know? Step two, go ahead, Sam. You I have a step two. You need to examine the reasons why you suddenly fell out of love with him. By yourself. By yourself, not with him. Like, yeah. let's not hash Maybe out. you do that first. <laughs> step right. one. Step. I think that that, yeah. That, Rearrange that those. Yep. <laughs> Professionals, people. Right? Like, what about that relationship didn't work last time? Yeah. And, like, what was making you unhappy? Because if you don't know, if you are, if you don't know that going in, then you can't identify the ways in which the relationship needs to change. Step 1A. <laughs> Step 1A was that. Step 1A, no, wait, 1B, that's uh-huh. how I count. Yep. I mean, do letters. Step 1B, um, and analyze why you want a relationship this year to begin with. Mm-hmm. You started this letter being like, this is going to be the best fucking year of my life. <laughs> Maybe I should go back to something I didn't like. <laughs> Teasing, 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 teasing. But I want you to self-reflect on, well, what would this year look like if I chose to stay single, but I started to reconnect with a friendship with this person Mm -hmm. slowly with boundaries, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so the... The the step thing is, I think oftentimes we want things in love, life, relationships, et cetera, to be very organic and intuitive. And that's just never going to work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you're, you, we are messy, confused, complicated creatures. And a lot of times I empower myself by sitting down and saying, okay, how am I going to deal with this? Mm-hmm. What conversations do I need to have? What boundaries do I need to work on? Like, how can I execute this thing in a way that will support the life that I want to have. Yep. Yep. 
Yeah. So, Lindsay, you got this. You can. We, you have all the tools in your tool, your tool belt to make the right decision for you and for sure. your ex and for your life. Um, and uh, we love you. Thanks for writing. All right. That wraps up episode 49, which brings us to the blind date segment of our show. Every episode, we like to give you a blind date that we want to set you up with. This week, we want to send you home with... Okay, but you have to bear with me for a little bit. <laughs> Giddy up. Okay. Have you ever seen the SNL skit, Wells for Sensitive Boys? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Is your young boy like... Okay, explain it. Um, it's an SNL skit. That's or, like can, a, or we can tell him to Google it. Yeah, I mean, Google it because it's really funny and you should yeah. watch it anyway. But it's basically like... Uh, an advertisement for like Play School has come out with this thing called a wells, like a well for sensitive boys. Yeah. And it's basically like for sensitive boys to like lean over and like gaze into as they ponder their existence. <laughs> yeah. um, and it's like four year olds. Yeah. <laughs> and like it's like the, the boys have their squirt guns and their nerf guns and like the girls have their princesses and like. Now, yeah. now you, sensitive boys have their wells. Are you raising a tender boy? <laughs> yeah. um, and at the end of the skit, like some boys come up to the mom who's played by Emma Stone and they're like, I don't understand why he just sits there and like looks in that well. And she was like, it's not for you. <laughs> Everything else is for you. That is for him. Yeah. And I very much relate to that skit. Uh, yep. 100%. Is this your blind date? <laughs> no, it's not. Okay. I can't wait. But... I was thinking about this because, like, I've been thinking about, like, how all of the shows that I grew up with and all of, like, the the things that, like, informed me and who I am, like, all of the fantasy that I read and all of the sci-fi, yeah. like, was never for me. Mm. It was never actually designed for me because, like, it was all heteronormative, like, definite, like, macho man prince saving right. the princess, fighting the dragon, whatever, whatever. Um, and so there's a new podcast out. Ooh. And it's called The Two Princes. And it is about it's like a um, like an acted podcast, so like it's a, yeah, yeah, a storyline. Yeah, yeah. Two it's not, princes, okay. Yep. Um, and it's about I mean, it's like a fantasy story about a prince who is like in a castle and and has to like go out into the woods to save his kingdom and like meets another prince <gasps> from a different. And the characters in it are gay, <gasps> and it's like You're they like, talk this about is like for me. Yeah, they like talk about. How they're gay, like they start falling in love. I haven't finished it yet, but it's like, and it's like cheesy and like yeah. ridiculous and like very well done and and super funny. Like I'm laughing out loud. Christina Baranski is in it, who I love with my whole heart. Yeah, and it's just like to listen to it is like, oh, finally, like totally. this is for me. Like the the fantasy that I grew up with and loved, and like all of those stories that have formed who I am. Totally, and now I get to hear it, and I can be like. Oh, I feel like I know who that prince totally. is, and that prince is me. It's it's wild how powerful representation is. Yeah, it's it's really how like the L word was so popular. Yeah, because I mean it was good, but also it was terrible. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, but anything like any show I see with any sort of queer representation, especially with bi representation, yeah. I, it can be awful, and I'm like starved for it, <laughs> and 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 feel really endeared, you know, yeah. and and moved it's, yes it's powerful i love this blind date and it just makes me excited to think that there are like young young queer kids out yes, there that listen to me. this and might be like oh cool i get to play a role in the story i'm not the sidekick i'm not the henchman i mm -hmm. am like the actual main character of this um and it's just like just bringing me back and just fills me with so much joy when i listen to it so it's called the two princes it's from gimlet media uh all of the episodes are out now so check it out i can't wait Awesome. 
All right. Thank you all for listening. Uh, you can like us on Facebook and you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Just Break Up Pod. You can slide into our DMs, send us your favorite relationship memes, but most importantly, you can submit your questions about all matters of the heart at JustBreakUpPod.com, which is also where you can buy tickets to our very first one-year anniversary anniversary <laughs> live show Woo-woo. in um, Minneapolis on Saturday, July 27th. And you can also find your merchandise at JustBreakUpPod.com. Please don't forget to subscribe and uh, leave us a five-star rating and review and consider supporting us on Patreon. If you support us at $5 a month on Patreon, you get an additional bonus episode every week. That's $5 a month for an additional weekly episode. Uh, Patreon.com slash JustBreakUpPod. This helps us keep the lights on and it helps us reach more brokenhearted souls who need two random strangers giving them relationship advice. Original music recording, editing, and producing by our friend Big Cats. Make sure to check out his podcast, The What If Podcast. And remember, you right now, as ifs, have all of the tools in your emotional tool belt to create change in your life, in your relationship, in your habits. You are powerful beyond measure, even when you don't feel so. You are the universe enacting itself. So this is your chance this week, today, to lean in, to be bold, to be brave, and make the life you want to live. And if all else fails, just break up. <laughs>